welcome to the Destiny Podcast. We hope this message blesses you. Okay, so um, I'm going to talk today about um, hearing God's voice, some different ways we can hear God's voice, but I know this is the first time you guys have uh, heard me speak as well, so I'm going to give you a bit of introduction um, of context of my journey in this kind of context of hearing God's voice. You'll get to know me a lot more as school progresses. Um, but uh, I grew up in a, in a Christian family. My dad was a pastor. It was a great environment, um, but for the most part, completely irrelevant. Um, Christianity was something that those guys did. And I knew everything. I could tell you exactly what Christians believed. I could tell you all the, I could tick all the boxes. I could pass an exam on being a good Christian but I didn't care, like I really didn't. It made no difference to my life. Maybe actually made my life a little harder because I was a pastor's kid at school, so I maybe got like, teased for that sometimes, um, but I could uh, give as well as I could take, so, you know. Um, but it was completely irrelevant to me. I didn't, I didn't care at all. Um, and as I got older and older, I kind of distanced myself more and more from the church because with a bit more age came a bit more freedom. My parents were like, well, okay, well, you can do what you want now you're older, and so I was, I was gone. I didn't really care because to me, church was that irrelevant thing that old people did. And I could see it really worked well for my parents. They were, they had amazing things like, you know, they would um, be living from penny to penny. They didn't have much income coming in. The church didn't pay them much. And, you know, they'd have a bill come through the door and they'd open it and it was like $85.10. And then they would open another letter that came through the door and it's a check for $85.10. And you're like, how does that even happen? You know, so I, I could see from my parents like their prayers were being answered and they saw miraculous things. But for me, it was just, it didn't change anything for me and it wasn't something I cared about. I knew all the stuff and it didn't mean anything. Um, and so it took quite a long time before I actually um, suddenly kind of woke up to all this. And in this, like, um, I kind of bounced back and forth from church. So I was in church and I kind of like stopped going to church for like a few months and I started going back again because I liked the community. I liked people. Um, I liked being around a, a community of really nice, great people. But um, I didn't really care for all the God stuff because it didn't seem relevant. Um, and at a certain point, I started to see more and more um, relevance to the message. I started to see people in my life, in my community, were getting really changed by different things that um, they were praying for. They would ask God for something and he would do something amazing. Or even sometimes they didn't ask God for something and you're like, that's not okay. That's really, really crazy that that just happened. Um, and so I started to kind of maybe entertain the thought that maybe I could get into this thing. Um, I'm very pragmatic. I'm very analytical. I like to kind of figure out was this even worth it I've got I'm busy I've got different stuff you know pretty sure I've got the fire insurance down you know I said a prayer a while back so I'm gonna go to heaven it's fine um, and uh, I wasn't really sure but uh, I, I started to kind of read some more books and as I'm reading books I started realizing man there's some really crazy stuff happening in the world like it's not happening here with me but you know I'm reading books of people that have like cancer and they go to the doctors and you go, you're riddled with cancer, you're going to die in four months and they pray and then they go back to the doctors and the doctor's like, I don't know what's happening, we must have got things mixed up because there's no cancer in your body and I'm like, things like that and I'm just like, that's cool, like, that's the kind of Christianity I want to be involved with, the one that like changes lives, not, you know, the one you go to Sunday church service, you sing a few songs, you pray a prayer and then you go back to work, that just didn't really do anything for me and I, I don't 
I enjoy my Sunday too much to do that. Um, and so I started to read more and more about that and I started to think, okay, well, if that's possible, I want that for myself. Um, and so I actually, I quit my job, I um, ended up spending a whole year doing nothing and then I just, all I did was pray and um, chill out with God and hang out with God and it was like, it was really good but it was really weird because I didn't know what to do. Like, it's really awkward. Do you ever like pray and you start praying and you're like, I'm going to spend like hours in prayer. And you start praying and after about 15 minutes you're like, all right, I've got through my list and I have no idea what to do next. And I'm, oh, is that only 15 minutes? I thought I was, I was sure I was been praying for three hours, you know? And then you're just like, oh. And so you just kind of repeat, you know, you go back to the beginning and you do the same again, but you don't really know what to do. And that's, that's how I felt. I just didn't know what to do. Um, but I started seeing some really cool stuff. Um, and I, I just didn't overly believe it. Like I, I, I believed it on paper. I was like, yeah, that happened in the Bible. And I, and I believe the Bible's true. And it's happening for people over there, but I don't think it's going to happen for me. I just don't really, I've never seen it, and therefore I have no reason to believe it's going to happen for me. Um, I had a whole bunch of different theories of why it was. Maybe it was because I was a sinner. Maybe it was because I was screwed up. Maybe because God likes other people better than me. Maybe because I didn't have it quite right and I need to figure out a perfect formula. Um, but what happened was I went on a, a conference. I was really into um, some books and some teachings from a church called Bethel over in California. Um, and I was reading those and I was like, this is amazing because they seem to be doing it all, all the time. It was just nonstop. And I was like, that's cool. I really want to do something with them. But they were in California and I was in Scotland. You know, it wasn't really an option. Um, and so what I did was I was like, I, I heard of a conference that was happening in Glasgow. Um, which was about two and a half hours away with someone from Bethel. I was like, I'm going to go to that. I have to go to that. Um, and I, uh, I went along and it, was, it turned out it was about evangelism. I don't know about you, I have no desire in my life to ever speak to a stranger, ever. Like At no point in my life do I think, oh, I could really enjoy speaking to a stranger right now. I hate it. I couldn't think of anything worse. Sometimes, in fact, a lot of the time, I don't even want to talk to people I know. Never mind a stranger, you know, I'm, I'm very introverted. I'm quite happy to just sit on my own and read a book or whatever. Um, if I know you really well, I'm very happy to hang out and have fun. But like a stranger, that's a whole nother level for me. I just, I'm like, uh, no thanks. Um, and some of that might be rejection. Some of that might be whatever. But a lot of time I just don't enjoy just talking to strangers. I find it awkward or, you know, uncomfortable. I'm not very good at making small talk. Um, and so I get there and I find out all of a sudden this is an evangelism conference and I'm like, I couldn't think of anything that's less suited to me than going out on the streets and like preaching or like I, don't, I didn't even know what evangelism was like in my mind like evangelism was like posting leaflets through the door asking them to come to a church service or like or giving out those weird like tracks you know you open it and it folds out into a big cross and it tells you like you were here and you suck and then you do this and this and this and now you're a bit better but you still suck so keep trying hard so, you know like you're like what, what is this how does this get people saved um, but uh I just was like, this is crazy that I'm doing this. Um, and I'm sitting there and I, I'd convinced my friend to come with me. And, uh, and he was off, like he was like really extra. So he just ran off and started talking to strangers. So now I'm sitting on my own. And I'm like, oh, okay, good. Um, and, the, and the guy's speaking and he taught us like a whole bunch of different ways to hear God. And he went through this big list and I can't remember a single thing he said, which is unfortunate because that's what I'm talking on today. Um, but like he was like, here's the, like, the seven ways God speaks to you. And then in each seven ways he gave us like examples and he broke it apart and said it's like this sometimes and this. It was all amazing, I'm sure, but I don't remember any of it because all I could think is like, I think they're going to send us out on the streets. That's all I can think. I'm like, I'm sure they're going to send us out on the streets. They're going to expect us to do something, talk to people, heal people, pray for people. I'm like, I don't want to do any of that. And that's all I could think. 
And, and so the whole message, I'm, I'm just sort of sitting there in like this zombie state of like, ah. Uh, and uh, at the end, right enough, he goes, okay. He's like, here's what we're going to do. We're going to ask God to give us a list of things. And then we're going to go out and find those things. Um, and he's like, so what you're going to do is you're going to grab a bit of paper. And so he's like, he just, all those paper immediately starts getting handed out. And I'm like, what is going on? I do not know what's going on. I don't hear from God. So I can't ask God for a list of things. I've never heard God speak to me, really. I don't understand like how that works. Um, and, and now you're going to send me in the street. And I don't definitely don't want to do that. Um, and so eventually, like, I'm, I'm still in my head. And there's a paper in front of me. I've got a pen in my hands. And I'm like, I don't know what is happening. He said, like, all right, you've got one minute. He said, like, I want you to write down five things. And I'm just sitting there going, what do you mean? Ask God and write five things. Like, how's he, like, I don't understand. He, I, I, he doesn't speak to me. Like, uh, and then the next thing I hear is him going like 20 seconds. And I'm like, what do you mean 20 seconds? I'm like, that's four seconds per thing. I'm like, and then like, he's like 10. And I'm like, ah, and I'm just freaking out. And he's like, and he starts counting down nine, eight, seven. And I'm just like, oh, uh, okay. And I just started writing random stuff. I just, I, I wrote down uh, brown shoes, blue jacket, red hair, Christmas tree, green car. And I'm like, why did I write Christmas tree? It was February. You know, it's like, you're not going to see a Christmas. I'm like, why did I do that? Like, at least if you're making up stuff, make up stuff that's likely. I'm like looking at it, I'm like, a green car. There's plenty of green cars. I'm safe with that. I can find someone with a green car and tell them God loves them. And at least I did something, you know, but I'm like, Christmas tree. I'm like, oh, whatever. And so like, I'm just like, okay, right. I've made up this random list. Just, just made it up. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm now sitting there and he's like, all right, now pair up with a couple of people. And, and, uh, and head out and we'll meet back here in one hour. And I'm just like, now I don't have to just go out on the streets and talk to strangers. I have to do it with strangers. Like this is like stranger on stranger. Um, like, this is not good. And my friend is off. Like he's made like 25 friends and they're all going out in groups of three. And I'm like, what is happening? So then I get paired with two people. I was quite young at this time. So I'm pretty sure in my recollection, they were like 312 years old, okay? I'm pretty sure they were probably like, in their 60s or 50s or something and they weren't that old but in my head they were like these dothering old ladies that were just like you know bumbling around like oh Mildred isn't this fun you know like that's what I was uh, that's how I remember it I'm not sure um, but I was just in this panic state of like now I've got two old people and me I'm like we are the weirdest group to just go up to someone and go hi can I talk to you for a second like it's weird. I'm like, it's, I'm, I'm not excited about this at all. And so I'm, I'm, I'm just in my head. Like, I'm, I don't know if, if you've ever been like this. Um, I'm sure you've never been like this at all, have you? Um, but I'm just like, ah. And so we go out the street and we, we turn right and we kind of walk along and um, there's a big crossroads, like a big intersection. And, and we go across that and we kind of wander on. And I'm, I'm talking to these ladies. I'm like, do you have any idea what we're doing? That oh, no, dear, we'll just, you know, we'll just find someone on our list. And I'm looking at their list and they've got like equally random things. I'm like, okay, your list looks terrible as well. I feel a bit better about mine. Um, and we're walking along and we find nobody. I think at about half an hour point we go, okay, well, let's kind of loop back. And we did like a big loop round. Um, and so we were walking back and one of the old ladies is like, oh, I'll talk to this lady in the bus stop. And she just randomly goes up and just starts talking. I don't know if they had anything on the list, but they were talking about the weather and all sorts of like old person conversation. I'm not sure Jesus got in there. Um, but I was just sitting there thinking, this is not good. Now we're going to go back and they're going to go, right, everyone share what happened in your group. And I'm going to have nothing to say. My people will have nothing to say. And everyone's going to look at us and think, these guys are terrible Christians, right? Um, which, yeah, I pretty much assumed I was anyway from the get-go. Um, and so all this is going on, and I'm like, oh, this is not good. And we, we round the corner. We're coming back up to the big 
cross um, section, cross uh, the intersection, and um, where the church was. And we're around in the corner, and as we go up, I see that there's um, two cars that have been smashed into one another. There's like a red car that's like on this big crane that's getting like pulled up onto a truck to be pulled away. And there's this green car with a big dent in the front of it. And, um, and there's a guy standing there like, you know, like head in hands, like just looking at his car. And I'm like, oh, wow, there's been an accident. And I just thought, oh, I should go and like make sure everyone's okay. Because, you know, the two old people next to me are just, you know, oh, that's terrible, isn't it? Oh, that's terrible too. Yeah, I had a terrible accident one time. You know, they're just doing their thing where they're not very helpful, but they're definitely telling us what's happening. So I was like, I, I should go and check everyone's okay. Because there didn't seem to be anyone around apart from this crane guy and, and the Greek guy and, uh, standing next to the green car. So I walk up to him I'm like, is everyone okay? What's going on? And he's like, oh, someone just hit me, T-boned me. Um, their car's getting taken away. I'm waiting for the recovery guys to get mine. Um, and, uh, and I'm like, oh, well, like, you know, I'll keep you company if you want. Because like, you could see he was really quite shaken. You know, he just had a, a very horrible car accident. Someone came into the side of him. Um, and so I'm chatting to him, and as I'm chatting to him, I'm like, this car is green. I'm like, I've got a green car. I'm like, and this is like, there's no good motive in me. There's no, I can change his life. There's no, I will be a good Christian in this moment. There is only, I can get a testimony out of this and not look like a terrible Christian. If I just, you know, maybe at some point try and work in, I could pray for him. Like, because that's what a good Christian does. They pray for the person, right? That's my, my thinking is like, it's all leading to, I can pray for him. Um, maybe he's shaken up enough that I can manipulate him into getting saved. Um, <laughs> kind of joking, but this is kind of the stuff I'm thinking where I'm like, that would be a great testimony. Then everyone would think I'm a good Christian and I can go back to home and like continue this facade. Um, and so I'm like, uh, what did I say? I, I said, hey, uh, I'm like, this sounds really weird, but um, we were just at this meeting and we were learning how to hear from God and God gave me this list of things. And uh, it, it, he said that it was going to be a green car. And I know that's like, who cares, there's green cars everywhere, but I mean, your car crashed right next to the building there, you have a green car, I just wonder if he wants to encourage you. Um, and, and as he's doing it, I'm seeing he's wearing this blue jacket, and I'm like, oh, and you're wearing a blue jacket, which is great. And he's like, oh yeah. Um, and, uh, and so I was like, well, can I pray for you? And he's like, yeah. And he, and he looks down at the list as, as I'm praying, and he's like, hey, he's like, I've got brown shoes on as well. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, wow. And he's like, and he's like, and he rips his hat off and he's got red hair. And he's like, and I've got red hair. And I'm like, and I'm like, oh, this is quite, this is getting to be quite coincidental. You know what I mean? It's, this is, we're, we're getting to the point where coincidence is like teetering, you know, where it's like, it's a bit too much to be. And, and, and he's, he's believing this more than me now at this point. I'm still like, oh, it could be a coincidence. But like, and he's like, no, no, look, look, look. And so I'm like, well, I guess I'll pray for you then. And he's like, yeah, that'd be great. So I prayed for him and I don't know why I prayed. It was like the most wimpy kind of prayer. I was like, oh God, like make his car okay. And like, you know, that he doesn't have, you know, too much stress or I don't know. And I was just so like, oh, I'm praying for a stranger. And if I say it wrong, they'll like hate me. Um, and so this is going on and I'm praying for him. And as I'm praying for him, I'm keeping my eyes open because I do remember the one thing they said is when you pray for people, keep your eyes open. Because if you're praying for strangers and you close your eyes and they've got their eyes open and they're like, I kind of want to go home now. And you're just in a zone with your eyes closed and you're praying, like it's really awkward. So I have my eyes open and so I'm praying for him. And I, I even put my hands on him, I think. I think I asked him if I could do that or I don't know. I don't even know where I got that from because that wasn't part of my culture. Maybe from some of the books I was reading. And so I'm praying for this guy. And, uh, and as I got my eyes open, I'm looking over his shoulder and there's a, there's a window like a shop window behind me in the in the corner and it's one of these like you know how you, you get like stores that are like 
they're like a local store where everything's overpriced and it's got bread and milk and everything like that. But they're also, no one ever actually goes there. Apart from the two old ladies, probably. They probably were planning on popping in before they got back to the church. But like, no one goes to those corner stores because they're overpriced. They're like, you know, you never actually have something that you need. And when you do find it, it's like four years out of date because no one's bought anything in the store for four years. But so it's like, and they're always like run down and you know what I mean? Like, it's just like one of those stores. And I'm looking over it and I'm like, man, that is a sorry looking store. They haven't even took their Christmas tree down. And I was like, wait, there's a Christmas tree in the window. I was like, okay, this is creepy. Um, and so I, all of a sudden I'm like, I'm, 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 I stop praying, I'm, I just stop. And I'm like, dude, I'm like, there's a Christmas tree over there. He's like, that is crazy. He's like, why is there a Christmas tree in February? He's like, what kind of lazy person doesn't take down their tree in their store? Um, and so like, we're kind of talking about how weird it is. Um, and then he kind of goes on his way, and I, I wander back up to the church, and the, the old ladies walk up and go, oh, did you have a nice chat? Like, what happened? Like, and so I'm telling them all the different stuff, but the whole time I'm thinking, I just made up a bunch of random stuff, and it all happened. Like, what just happened? Did I just make that guy have a car crash? Or I didn't even know. I'm like, what just happened? Like, that is really freaky. Like, because I just made it up. Like, it, there was no, like, divine booming voice from heaven. There was no, like, vision. I didn't fall into a trance. I literally just made up random stuff, and it was there. And I'm like, that is weird, right? I mean, really, really weird. And from then on, I started to see just really crazy things. Like, I mean, um, I, I started to hear God's voice a lot more because the definition of hearing God's voice got a lot more muddy for me. You know, beforehand it was black and white. You would do your life and you weren't hearing God's voice and then God would go, Phil, go do this. And you'd be like, oh, okay, good. And that's the nice clear cut, God speaking, God not speaking. But all of a sudden I started to go, well, if I can just make stuff up and that was God speaking to me, where's the line here? Like, this is just a bit weird. Do you know what I mean by that? Like, that's kind of like, I don't know how to draw a line of like, well, what, what's, what's even going on in my head? Like, it, what's God's voice? What's my voice? What, you know, it, it creates a real conundrum, like a, a, a problem to kind of try and figure out. Um, and so um, it kind of set me off on this weird path and I started like having really weird experiences. So I'll tell you one that um, in this time I quit my job. I, I had no money at all. Um, and I just was spending this whole time just like chilling out, praying, asking God what to do. Um, but I didn't hear God, so that was a problem. Uh, but now I, I was like, well, maybe I do hear God. I'm not really sure. And in, that, in the midst of that, at one point, I, 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 I really felt that God said, don't get a job. I want you to just focus on you know, having a bit of time out, focus on you, focus on learning more about me. Um, and so I was like, okay, well, that's, that's, I, I feel really strongly that. And so I, I hadn't got a job, but I was really like, okay, God, but you need to start paying the bills because I have no idea how to make the ends meet. I moved back in with my parents, but I still had things like my car tax and my petrol and things like that. And so one day I was like, okay, God, I've run out of petrol. I've got like about maybe like this much petrol in my tank. You know, it's like, it's on the fumes basically. The light comes on and when the light comes on, I knew I had about 35 miles or, you know, like 45 kilometers or whatever that is, 50 kilometers. When the light comes on, I'm like, okay, I need to put fuel in it. And so I, I remember saying to God, I was praying to God and I was like, God, I really could do with some money so I can put some fuel in my car. And he's like, we well, don't need, money? And I was like, well, I do so I can put fuel in the car. That's just thought popped to my head. You don't need money. And I'm like, well, I do because otherwise I, that's theft. <laughs> I can't just go to the petrol station and top it up. And he's like, well, why do you need petrol? And I'm like, to drive the car. And then I'm like, I feel like I'm having an argument with God. 
like anytime you have an argument with God, you're going to lose, right? I mean, it's just very rare. I say that actually, there's plenty of people in the Bible that seem to win uh, arguments with God. So worth a shot, but I don't know. Um, but I'm like, I have this thing. And then I'm like, okay, stop. You're arguing with God. There's maybe something else going on. And I'm like, what is going on? What am I feeling? And I just felt, God said, don't put any fuel in your car. Why do you need fuel? And I was like, to make the car run. And I'm like, well, God knows how cars run. So I'm assuming there's more to it than that as well. <laughs> and, I, and so I was just like, okay, I'm not going to put fuel in my car. I'm just going to trust that everything works out. Worst case scenario, I'm sitting in, in the back of my head. I'm still analytical, right? So back in my head, I'm still like, worst case scenario, I run out of petrol. I just leave my car and go get petrol. I mean, it's not the end of the world. I live in a city. There's petrol stations never more than a mile or two away. Well, that'd be fine. Um, so I'm still like, okay, God, I'll trust you this much. <laughs> I'm not really trusting God at all, but I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll give you a shot. And you know what? I drove that car for another 450 miles without putting petrol in it. And do you know what's funny? Is you know how you, the red light comes on when you need to change your fuel? And it's like, or when you need more fuel, it's like red light. That light gets way worse, okay? Because after another like 25 miles or so, it starts flashing. And flashing red is like just the most unsettling thing you can see. You're driving around and the whole time it's like, I'm literally on the death's door. You have to put fuel on me. That's all I can hear for like 450 miles. And yet in the other ear, I'm hearing, eh, you don't need petrol, you don't need petrol. And you know, it, it, it was, it was like 450 miles. I, I know when that light comes on, I've got about 35. So I got about, I think it was about 760 miles or something out of that one tank, which is pretty remarkable in an old banged up Ford Focus. Um, and so it was just, I was just like, this is crazy. But I was like, but again, that wasn't like a booming voice from heaven. That was like me having a weird thought in my head and going, that's weird. And I was like, but it's not me because it's just a weird thought. Like, I wouldn't think like, you don't need petrol. I've got like an engineering degree. I know that I need petrol. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That's, that's not a, a big jump to make. You, most people know you need petrol in the car. Um, and people that don't know that find it out really quickly and learn their lesson. Um, and so, I was starting to think maybe God speaks to me a lot more than I think. And maybe I'm really quick to, you know, if I, if I just made up those five things on a bit of paper, I just made it up and just put it on a bit of paper and it was God speaking to me. So I thought I was making it up. How often does God speak to me and I just think I'm making something up or think I'm having a crazy thought in my head and just go, oh, that's just weird and throw it away. Like it really unsettled me because all of a sudden I was like, he could be speaking to me quite a lot and I'm just like, oh no, that's just random thought. And I, I still had this quite a warped view about God as well at that time. So I was kind of like, oh man, he must be really pissed off with me. <laughs> you know, I'm constantly just ignoring all these things he's saying, I guess. And so I'm like, oh, uh, okay. So I, I started to um, try and um, learn more about different ways that God speaks to me. And, uh, and it was really interesting to me because... Um, there was just so many different ways that God spoke uh, in history and the Bible. So I, I opened up the Bible and I'm starting looking at like different ways God's speaking to me. So I, I was just reading through the Bible and I was thinking, okay, what are the ways that God speaks to people? Like I'm looking for that because all through the Bible, God speaks to people, but you always read that and you think like, oh yeah, booming voice from heaven, you know, Elijah, go do this, you know, like Abraham, I've called you to do this. And like, and most of the time, it doesn't specify that they've got some sort of out loud booming voice. Um, in fact, it does happen. You know, you think of like Jesus like gets baptized and it's like, this is my beloved son. But you know what strikes me as really interesting about that passage is that nobody heard that, right? I mean, like Jesus heard that, a few other people, heard, but the majority of people were like, oh, it's thunder, right? I'm like, God can speak out loud and people still don't hear it. 
Like, do you know what I mean? I, and so I think we're, we're often like, well, that's what I'm expecting. That's what I want. I want a nice, clear, out loud, boom. Hi, Marek, go do this. You know, and you're like, okay, good. I know what to do now. But what's amazing to me is apparently you can be, um, you can have a posture in your heart that says, oh, you know, I know how God speaks or I don't know how God speaks and God doesn't speak or whatever it is in your heart that even if he spoke out loud to you, you'd be like, oh, thunder today. That's weird. It's sunny. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, it just baffles me that God speaks to Jesus out loud, booming voice. Some people hear it, but the majority go, nah, that's weird. Thunder. Like, I, anyway, it just kind of blows my mind because that makes me feel much better about like dis, you know, discrediting like a still voice in my head. You know, I'm like, oh, that's probably just a crazy thought. That's much um, more forgivable to, to ignore that than a booming voice from heaven. So I'm like, oh, at least I'm not as bad as those guys in the Bible, um, right? And that's the best way to make yourself feel good. Just read the Bible for a while. You'll always come across people that suck way more than you. And God still seems okay with it. <laughs> so I'm going to just um, list a few things. Paul actually put this together. It's really um, great, but just a few ways. And, and it's probably, it's not an exhaustive list. There's, there's even more um, in the Bible, but I'm just going to read through a, a few um, different ways and maybe elaborate with some different stories and things as well. But um, there's, there's the still small voice. And so that's, you know, probably what you hear more often than not is when you have that thought in your head. You know, it's just a, a little voice that you could easily discredit. Um, and a good example of that is um, in First Kings. Do you remember when um, he's in the cave and he's, he's, he's trying to hear God's voice and there's a big earthquake and... He goes, ah, but that's not God. And there's this big fire, and that's not God either. And, and eventually, there's just this whispering wind. And he goes, ah. And he heard God on the whispering wind. Like, and, and, it's the, and it's a good lesson that a lot of the time, we're looking for that big thing, the booming voice, the amazing sign, the obvious thing. And oftentimes, he's just, just a tiny whisper, Demo, hey, Demo, do this. And you think, that's weird. And, and, it, and it's in that moment we choose, when we go, oh, that's weird, where did that come from? We either go, oh, I'm just being weird, or you go, oh, maybe that was God. And, and it's just, it's teetering there on a, on a tightrope, you know, what we do with it. And you know what, there's no condemnation. You know, I, I often think, here, here's an example as well I'll give. You know, a lot of people go, well, I don't hear from God. And I, I know you guys wouldn't say that, but um, I hear all the time, I don't hear from God, God doesn't speak to me. And, and even might go as far, well, I'm spiritually deaf. Like, I'm, I'm deaf, I can't even hear it. And I often think of that and I'm like, Spiritually deaf is a fascinating concept, right? Because um, if you had, um, imagine you um, are married and you have a kid and, and your kid's born and um, the, the doctors come to you and they go, hey, um, we've got great news, your, your baby's completely healthy, except for one thing, um, they're deaf, right? I mean, you'd be, you'd be devastated because that's a, a, a real um, problem for that kid. They're gonna have to you know, learn to um, communicate and to do life without any hearing um, and so what's the thing that you most care about in that moment is I want to be able to communicate to my kid though I want to be able to talk with my kid I want to be able to laugh with my kid I want to be able to have fun with my kid I want my kid to be able to talk to me I want to know that we have a way to communicate and to do life you know no good parent goes oh well I guess I'll never talk to my kid then right you would immediately, you'd be learning how to sign language. You'd be trying to teach them sign language. You'd be trying to teach them um, how to read, read lips. You'd be, um, I'm trying to think, you'd, you'd do everything you could. You know, you would really invest in this child, really. You'd be paying the best doctors to try and figure out if they can use some sort of new fancy hearing aid that will let them hear better. And for me, I'm like, if that's what uh, a good father on earth would do to make sure they could speak to their child that's deaf, 
What makes us think that God goes, oh well, Rebecca's spiritually deaf, nothing I can do. Right? I mean, this is God. I'm pretty sure he can figure out, okay, I'll, I'll work my way around. And I think that's honestly what he did with me with that, with that conference I went to is I was so sure, I was like, I don't hear from God, there's no way I can do it, that he set me up so well to be like, Phil, you have no idea how much you hear from God. You're just being an idiot and not listening. You know, I'm, I'm fingers in my ears going la, 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 la. Um, and, and he's desperately wanting us to, to open our eyes to the fact that, hey, even if you have some sort of spiritual impairment, which I don't believe is possible, but even if you had the worst spiritual impairment ever that you couldn't hear a thing, God would figure out something. He'd learn sign language for you. He would, you know, teach you how to read lips. You know, he would, he would work around your issues. And that's the beauty, isn't it? We see it constantly through the Bible. God works around our, our issues. Um, there's plenty of people that had major flaws and God goes, that's not a problem for me. And he picks Moses with a speech impediment to be his voice. You know, that's really stupid, God. Pick someone else. And it's like, no, that's not a problem for me. And I'm like, oh, oh makes you feel a bit better. Um, so, you know, that still small voice is, is going to um, happen a lot. And I would say it's probably one of the more common ways that God is going to speak to you. Um, and we'll, we'll go into distinguishing that and how to deal with it um, a bit in a, in a bit. But I want to just go through a few more lists of just different things. Um, there's, there's impressions. And those are a little bit different from a still small voice because they're not even a thought. It's just a, I know it. I just know that I should do that. Um, and, and that's happened to me loads of times. And a lot of times I, I've just felt, oh, I should really do this. And I don't do it. And then afterwards I can go, oh, I reckon God was on that because that actually makes a lot of sense. Or um, I just go, huh, I think I should do this. And I just, I do it and it works out incredibly well. And people are like, how did you know to do that? And like, what information did you have? And I was like, nothing. Um, and we see this again and again. And some people are really good at this to a creepy level. You ever come across people that just seem to like, they just know what to do in life and they just kind of, saunter through life and it just works well for them. Um, and there's a, a good verse of this uh, in Acts 19 where um, Paul is just suddenly, he just kind of pops up and he goes, I'm going to go here. And, and the, the, the reason for it is he goes, I purpose it in my spirit. Like such a Christian phrase, isn't it? Like, but like, like, what does that even mean? I just, I purpose it in my spirit. I, I just feel I should do that. Like, that's, that's not a great reason. Do you know what I mean? Outside of God's really originating that thought, it's just like, I just feel like I should do it. Um, like it's not giving you a, a concrete list of all the reasons I've thought through and now I'm telling you why I'm going to do it. It's a, I just feel like it. And that's enough. That's okay. Um, and again, we're going to go into some uh, conversation about how we distinguish that because you might really feel like doing this and it could go terribly wrong. It doesn't mean that every feeling you have is from God. Um, but yeah, that's a, that's a great way. The audible voice we talked about, you know, this is my son. Who I, and, and, and I know several people that have had a, a really profound audible voice um, moment. I don't think I have. I feel like that's a sort of thing that you wouldn't forget, but I'm so forgetful that might have happened to me. But I don't think I've had an audible voice experience. But I've talked to a few people that, that have had some really profound moments where they're like, oh, that was creepy. Like God spoke to me. Like, I mean, like I'm in a room on my own and I hear a voice saying, hey, do this. And you're like, oh, whoa. Um, and so it, it happens and it, and it is in the Bible um, and, and, and I don't know if you know people that have said they've had this experience, but um, it does happen. I just don't think we should limit God to an audible voice. Um, the, the idea of um, speaking to us in pictures and, um, and, and using our imagination and often 
um, God does this. You know, you see Jesus did it a lot of the time. He, he, he created pictures for people to um, picture in their minds and, and engage with, like in the parables, you know? So he'll tell this amazing story and in it, in our mind's eye, God can speak to us when we create the picture. And, and he'll do this, he'll do this a lot of times. Um, you'll hear people, maybe someone comes up to you and prophesies and says, uh, I see this waterfall and it's pouring water on you and I think that's God's grace and they'll explain what they think it is but what do they mean like I see a waterfall like where they sit in front of church and waterfall just went and there's water everywhere in church probably not right although cool story okay I'll just, I just I do this a lot by the way Every, anytime I talk it takes me an hour because I just have random stories but um, when I was uh, over at Bethel actually um, uh, there was a guy called Bill Johnson he's preaching and he was preaching about um, what did he talk about? He was talking about something like favor raining on you. And literally in that moment, it started raining on him in the church. And like literally the floor all around him in a circle was getting wet and like this raindrops hitting him. And we're looking up and there's no pipes, there's nothing. It's not coming from the roof. It kind of starts about halfway in the building and just like literally water is just appearing. But if you look above it, there's no, there's no water. It's just space. And then like, you know, another 20, 30 feet was the roof. And I'm like, what the heck is happening? So maybe maybe they, when they said they saw a waterfall, they meant it. But most of the time, we mean in our mind's eye, like we, we pictured. Like so, we're just like we're chatting to God. And we're going, hey God, like what do you want to say to Mariah? And you go, oh, and you just you see in your mind a, a picture of a waterfall or a picture of this, or and, and and that's often God giving you a picture that is is explaining something because a picture says a thousand words, um, <laughs> and so it's sometimes easier just to give you a, a picture that allows you to engage with it and, and, and really feel out what, what's going on. Um, a lot of times he speaks to us through everyday things. Um, you know, you think of um, Amos, um, and he had the, uh, what did he have? Um, the bowl of fruit, didn't he? And, and God say, hey, what do you see? And he's like, oh, I see a bowl of fruit over there. And he's like, exactly, that means this, and you're like, it's a bit of a stretch, but okay. <laughs> you know? and, and, and he did it with Jeremiah as well. He said, what do you see? And he said, oh, I see a, a branch off an almond tree. And he's like, yes, exactly. That means this. And you're like, okay. Um, you know? and, and so he's, he's talking about everyday things. I think the other one he did was, um, was a, a pot of boiling water. And he's like, oh, I see a pot of boiling water and it's facing north. And he's like, aha, yes. And that means this. And you're like, that's a weird way to talk. But actually, um, I remember when I, when I first started to hear God's voice in this way and I'm starting to learn some different ways to do it, I was trying to teach other people. This is real blind leading the blind. You, do you have that saying in Germany, the blind leading the blind? Um, like it's, it's the concept of like someone who really doesn't know what they're doing, telling other people that really don't know what they're doing, how to do something. Um, and so I'm teaching people, people are coming to me because I'm starting to learn about this and going, can you teach us what you're learning? And I'm like, I guess, but I mean, it's gonna be a mess. Um, and so I'm teaching people how to hear God's voice and we're practicing prophesying because prophecy is just hearing God's voice and then telling someone. It's not, you know, we, we like to make it mystical and amazing and wow, but that's all it is. Um, and so I'm, I'm, I'm trying this out and, and I'm like, I don't know how to teach it. I don't know how to do it. And I'm like, right, here's what we're gonna do. And I just, I grabbed a whole bunch of things from around the room and I just dumped them in the middle. It was like a juggling ball, a vase, a, you know, a clock. And just, I put it all in the middle and I was like, right, pick up an item. And, and you know, someone picked up an item and I was like, right, ask God what that item says about that person. And they're like, uh, it's a juggling ball. I feel like you've got a lot on your plate right now. Like you're juggling a lot of balls and, but God's saying you're not gonna drop any. And then the person just bursts into tears and like, you know, it's like this amazing, like profound moment. And you're like, well, that went really well. You know, I'm a great teacher. <laughs> I was like, this is God, amazing. And then they'll pick up another item. And, and, but it's just asking God to speak to you using something else. And a lot of times 
um, he's just really um, able to highlight a certain thing. So you might be um, walking down the street and you see something, and as you see it, you think of a person. You go, why am I thinking of a person when I look at that light? You know, like that makes no sense. And maybe you start to feel, oh, actually, God wants to encourage that person and speak to them about being a light to them or a lamp, or you know. But it, it's it's being open to God using things as well to speak to you, like He did with Amos. And God, Amos is like, why am I looking at a fruit basket right now? And God's like, well, actually, it's a little bit like Israel, and it's like this and this and this, you know. And so giving God room to speak to you through things um, can be really helpful. Um, Prophecy is another one, obviously, um, but again, that's just them using all these different tools to hear something from God and they just share it. Um, and so um, be open to have other people in your life share something to you, speak something into you and, and, and go, hey, I really feel God saying this. And that can be God speaking to you through another person. You know, one of the fascinating things that I find about God is that God rarely does things just him and one person. Rarely. If you read through the Bible, most of the time he involves his creation. He uses other people. You know, it, you, you won't see anyone just miraculously out of nowhere get healed. He sends someone to heal someone else. Or he uses an angel or he uses something. You know, he loves to involve his creation and, and, and create community and relationship. And so God will love to speak to you through other people. And it takes a real humility to receive that sometimes as well. Because a lot of times, the person that God sends to speak to you is the person you would never expect God to speak to. Or you certainly uh, wouldn't listen to their advice if it was just their advice. You know what I mean? And so it's, it's oftentimes God's trying to teach you and humble you and go, hey, I'm going to give you this message in a way that you might not particularly want to receive it. And you're going to learn to receive from someone that you um, wouldn't normally respect. It's a great way of learning respect and honor and trusting that God can speak to, through anyone. Let's put it this way. In the Bible, God speaks through a donkey, right? If God can speak through a donkey, he can talk to you through your cousin Rick, who you don't really think much of, right? I mean, it's amazing to me that we discredit so many people from speaking at God's words when God uses a donkey. You know what I mean? There's, I think that's a pretty low benchmark. Right? You've got to try really hard to be less able to communicate than a donkey. <laughs> really hard. Um, and so, you know, that's another, another thing. Like, God might use um, creation and animals. Like, I know a, a guy, I, you know, I can't remember the story. I've got it in my notes here. It says Gary, and then it's got in quotes, I'm not a dog. And I was speaking to my really good friend Gary one day, um, and it must be near the last time I, I talked about some of this stuff. And I thought, that's a great example. And I wrote it down. I've no idea. All I know right now is Gary is not a dog. That's the only information I have. But I remember talking to him on the phone and he was saying, Phil, he's like, we, I think they just got a dog or something like that and it was, and it was just doing something crazy. And, and he's like, man, that's, that dog is just so crazy. And, and he's like, man, it's, it's really weird how it does this. And then he's like, I'm not a dog. And somehow he just connected, like, I'm not like that. I'm different. And therefore, like, and he just went on this huge experience exploration of something profound that he learned just in that moment of realizing and it was all because he was watching a dog play outside you know and so sometimes God can just use a moment like that um, an animal doing something um, whether it's talking to you like Balaam's donkey um, or it's just being silly and you're like oh that's weird and then and somehow God speaks to you through that moment and um, you know Romans 1 talks about that isn't it Romans 1 20 it talks about how all creation speaks of God 
and demonstrates his glory. And you know, he'll he'll speak to us through all sorts of things. Um, a lot of people. Uh, there's an amazing um, mystic, a guy called Sadhu Sundar Singh. Um, not many people have heard of him. He, he lived um, around a hundred or so years ago, maybe a bit more than that. And he was in um, India and Tibet region. Um, and, and it's credited to him that most of Tibet that has, has been Christianized was because of this one guy. Um, and he's got a fascinating story. He, uh, he was um, a, a child of a really devout family. I think his mother died in a really horrible circumstance. And he was sent to boarding school. He was sent to a Christian boarding school because it was a good school, even though he wasn't Christian at all. And he would literally torment the other students. He would like burn their Bibles. He would do horrific stuff to them. He would taunt them and ridicule them for believing in Jesus, all this different stuff. But his life at home was getting worse and worse and worse. And so when he came back from boarding school, he was really in a bad way. Um, and he decided, you know what, I'm just going to kill myself. And so he, he decided, you know what, I'm going to go and uh, I'm going to walk onto that railway line at four in the morning. I'm going to do it. And, and he set his alarm and everything to decide to do it. And, uh, and he woke up suddenly, I think it was like three in the morning or something, and there was this blinding light. And Jesus shows up and goes, Sadhu, or uh, Sundar Singh, I guess, because Sadhu is like a title, isn't it? Um, he said, I don't want you to do that. I want you to follow me. You're persecuting my people, and I want you to be a, a voice for me. And so he gets this radical salvation experience. But you know what's interesting about him is he himself didn't have any access to um, scriptures. He didn't read scriptures. He didn't. Um, he didn't. Uh, you know, go to college or he didn't go to church. He he became a real mystic, and he lived in the middle of nowhere. He wandered around the mountains, and God spoke to him in the mountains. And he would be wandering around and God would say, hey, look at that flower. And he'd be looking at it and he'd go, I'm a bit like that flower in the sense that, you know, it's got this and this and this and it blooms like this. And, and, and he's learning about God and he's learning about himself. He's learning about creation. He's learning about the gospel through flowers and a cloud. And, and, and he's got some amazing, you read his writings and you're like, wow, like I'm learning a lot about God through him writing about a mushroom or, you know, just really bizarre things. And, uh, and he would uh, wander around um, and, and just preach the gospel all over the place, um, just on foot. And God would just teach him as he was wandering from one location to the next. That was how he learned. And so he would say he would get his next messages that he was going to share in the next place, just on the journey. He would see things and God would speak to him through creation. And so, you know, God will speak to you through anything. I think that's the, the key message here is that there's not much that God can't speak through. Um, there's nothing that God can't speak through. Um, we can have God speak to us in dreams, and we see that throughout the scriptures, don't we? Um, uh, people falling asleep. Paul's like, oh, I'm going to go here. He falls asleep and in his sleep, you know, God says, hey, I don't want you to go there. I want you to go over there. And he wakes up and he goes, well, better go over there then. Um, and so, again, really bizarre way to um, hear God. And sometimes people's dreams, you hear people's dreams. There's people that are really into like dream interpretation and they'll interpret all your dreams and tell you what God's speaking to you. I'm very hesitant to say God's speaking to you in every dream, okay? I think that's a very big jump to make. Some people really do. They can interpret anything. Um, some interpretations for your dreams are you had a cheese pizza right before you went to bed, okay? So <laughs> that's the interpretation for your dream. You ate something and it made you dream weird. Um, but a lot of times you have a dream and, and, and you're wrestling, you're like, there's something different about that dream. It, it really stuck with me or it hit me or it was just weird. That's not, it's got nothing to do with my day or, you know what I mean? And something's going on and, and you find out, wow, like God's really speaking to me. I've got a friend who, um, she actually, while she dreams, sees people she knows doing things and then it turns out that was actually happening. 
And so she can go to them and say, hey, I saw the stream, it's really weird, I don't know what that means, but do you need some help? And, and it was like, I just burst into tears going, I've not told anyone this yet, but I really, I didn't know how to ask for help. Or, and she's seen it in a dream. And I mean, it's just amazing things like that can happen. Um, and sometimes it's really random and bizarre and you're like, I don't know at all. And you have to process it, chat with God and go, God, I don't know what this means, can you help? Um, and again, you have to maybe use some of these tools to actually hear God to then start to figure out your dream. Um, we also can have visions. Um, so dreams are really just visions while you're asleep in one sense, and visions are um, a dream while you're awake. You know, if you ever have a daydream, you've, you've kind of, on some sense, created your own vision, right? So you're in school, you're really bored, maybe you're daydreaming now, and you're just sitting there and you're just... And then someone snaps you out of it and you're like, oh, I was like, I was off in a meadow, you know, playing football. Um, and that's, that's a similar to a vision. It's a similar sort of thing. Um, and so sometimes you're just sitting there and you picture this thing and God shows you this and this and then this. And you're like, whoa, that's quite profound. It's quite um, important. Uh, there's something going on there. And, you know, um, you might have, um, I'm trying to think of examples of this. You know, um, Ezekiel says that he... Um, he suddenly was taken in the spirit to this, this valley and there was dry bones everywhere and God asked him, can they live? And he says, yeah, you, well, you know, Lord. And there's all this just different process, which by the way, is the most awesome cop out ever. If God asks you something, answer like Ezekiel. You know God, because then you don't sound like an idiot by giving the wrong answer. Um, just, you know, God, you know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and so he's, he's got this whole experience, but Ezekiel probably didn't go, we, we don't know, but he, it says he was taken in the spirit. So it doesn't, it's unlikely he went to this random valley full of dead bones, you know? He, he probably just went there, you know, in the same way that you went to that meadow <laughs> during that boring class. Um, and so, you know, Peter's trance, he's up on the roof and he has this trance, like he falls into a trance, it says. You know, he's, he's there, he's chilling out, and all of a sudden he's, he's there's, things getting banquets being lowered down from heaven and he's saying kill and eat and all this different stuff's going on he didn't that didn't actually happen he fell in a trance and saw it and so at times there's um, almost like this is a vision is almost like a divine daydream if that makes sense um, and there's different ways that can happen a, a lot of people would call um, when you close your eyes and you picture um, you know like what we were saying like picturing something in your head and it having a meaning that might be a like a a vision with your eyes closed and a daydream is more of a vision with your eyes open. All these kind of definitions, I don't want it to get bothered with definitions. I couldn't care less what you call any of this stuff. I think what I really want to be doing here is, is giving you a, a breadth of um, freedom to say, look, however God speaks to you, it's awesome. God spoke to you. Who cares? Do you know what I mean? And, and the beauty in the Bible is we see so many weird and freaky stuff that it's unlikely you're going to be more weird and freaky. Do you know what I mean? If you come to school tomorrow and tell me your cat talked to you, I'm like, that's weird, but I got some Bible verse for that. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, okay, what did it say? Um, if your Bible, if your cat said, hail Satan, Lord of all, now I'm like, okay, maybe we need to look at this more closely, <laughs> right? But if it gave you a profound, helpful message that was um, clearly um, something that was godly and helpful, then okay, well, I'm, I'm okay with that. Like, I don't have a problem with your cat speaking to you. It's weird, like, absolutely. Um, but, you know, God can speak in a huge range of different ways. So the last one I've got on my list is an angelic visitation. So we see that again and again in the scriptures, don't we? Where angels show up and you go like, oh, hi, I'm Gabriel. Mary, you're about to have a son and this is what's going on. And I mean, that's like pretty crazy. Um, I just can't get my head around an angel showing up and be like, hi, so this is what's going to happen. Like, I would just be like, you know, there's a reason most angels say do not fear when they show up initially, because like, that's weird and creepy, right? I mean, you're in your bedroom, you're chilling out, there's a random guy with wings and a harp probably, right? Because that's how it works. Um, <laughs> but 
it's, it's, it's totally random. And again, like these crazy out there things aren't so crazy and out there when God wants to speak to you. Um, and so, yeah, sure, most of the time he's probably just going to whisper something in your head. It's going to be a, almost like, was that even just me having a random thought? Um, and so give, give yourself room to explore God. And this is why we do things like, um, I think you, they went into the forest and did a bit of forest church sort of thing, didn't they? Like, this is why we do things like that. Okay, so you might go, it's not my thing. I'm not likely to go back into the park and pick up things and go, God, what are you saying? But actually, God might really say something to you and you go, Oh, I didn't think this was my thing, but this leaf just changed my life, you know? Um, and so it's giving God room. And I think this is the, the exciting thing of having five months to have space is explore. Don't just stick with what you know, right? So if what you know is, I want to hear God, so I'm just going to put on some plinky plonky, you know, instrumental music and lie on my back and just wait for God to speak to me and then I'll quickly write it down. If that's how God speaks to you just now, that's great, like really good. Go explore some other things. Start praying, God, I want to I have a vision. I want to have a dream that's profound. Give me a dream and then help me interpret it. And I, I can learn how to do that or, or explore what possibilities. You know, go into a park and go, God, I'm going to expect you to speak to me through different things. Or prophesy over each other, right? Go, right, we're going to just do random prophecies for the next, you know, hour. Let's just pick up a random item, look at it and go, right, what is this saying about you? And you, and you force God's hand almost. You go, right, God, I want to. I want you to speak. I want you to say something that's going to uh, exhort and encourage and edify someone. And I'm, I'm going to use this. Um, and, uh, and I think God loves that. I think He loves uh, teaching His kids to learn to hear His voice. Um, and that's really important. Is that? Um, it's, it's important that you know that you're learning to hear God's voice. We're all learning to hear God's voice. I still screw up so often because I'm like, so sure that was God and it went terribly wrong, which is probably a good indicator that it wasn't God or I messed up somewhere on the way. Um, so look, there's, there's going to be times where you, you think that, oh, that's God speaking to me and probably wasn't. It was just, you know, it was the cheese pizza um, or whatever it is. Um, but like, I think we can get caught up in was that God too much sometimes, you know? And so, I think it's really complex when you go, right, I'm going to try and evaluate. Every time I hear something, was that God? Was that me? Um, is it some other spiritual entity? Um, and for me, I, I, my mom told me one thing once, and I was just like, it's just so much easier. Um, and she said, look, there's, there's three things that you could have influencing your thoughts. You could have um, some sort of demonic or evil spiritual thing could like be trying to give you a thought that's bad or you know so like you think of like Satan in the garden or the serpent in the garden saying you know did God really say that and that's that's the implanted thought that is not good okay that's not a good thought to entertain um, and there's your thought which is your thoughts you know um, but the good news is and you, you learn this in new creation week and we'll go into this more and more and more you're a new creation you're not a sinner, you're not rotten, you're not filthy, you're new, you're whole, you're holy, you're righteous, you're pure, you've been made perfect. And we're still learning what that looks like, so there's some ups and downs in that, but that who I am by default is good, is holy, is perfect. Um, so the way I drop from that is by listening to the bad voice. Um, and then you've got good God's voice, and God's voice is, I would say, 100% of the time, pretty good, okay? Um, and so, it's actually fairly easy when we listen to a thought and a thought comes into our head, we just go, what's the fruit? What's the fruit of it? Because if the fruit is good, if the fruit is the fruit of the spirit, so I mean, this is how I, how I distinguish all things I hear is I go, right, is it love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, you know, are those the fruits that will come from that thought, that idea, that, that leaning, that guiding? Well, it's not the devil. 
because he's not all into love, patience, kindness, you know, all that different stuff. It is possibly God, or it's possibly me. So I've, I've still not distinguished which it is, but it doesn't matter, because that's the fruit of the Spirit. So even if it's me and I thought it was God, I'm now still doing something pretty amazing, which sounds like God. And this is the, the thing that I find is that, um, and this is where actually I start to embrace the blur. I embrace the, the gray zone between the black and white with a booming voice, obviously God, like every other thought is obviously not. There's this huge gray area where there's a whole bunch of stuff that I want to do that is good, that is loving, that is kind, that is patient, that is, is wholesome, that might not have been God's original thought, but you know what? God's never going to go, no, don't do that. God's going to go, that's awesome, that's great, you know? If you think of, again, with like a, a father with a son, if the son goes, I want to do this, I want to go end the AIDS crisis in Africa, the father's not going, well, oh, that's terrible. You know, I always want you to become a teacher, you know? Like, that's amazing, that's good, that's wholesome, it's loving, it's kind, it's, you know, it's, it's so great. God's going to get behind your great ideas. In fact, God is all about your great ideas. Um, and I think we need to learn that even if we are not hearing from God, if we run with a great idea, an idea that, that jives with the fruit of the Spirit, that's okay. That's a good thing to do. Um, because the danger is that um, I think at the, at the end of the day, we can have thoughts that fall into both camps. Thoughts that will lead us along the line of fruit of the Spirit and thoughts that lead us along the lines of not the fruit of the Spirit, right? The, the works of the flesh and all, all the different um, not-so-good things. And that's as we're continuing to renew our minds and learn who we are and discover who we are, we still are maybe figuring out some different things and some of our thoughts aren't as helpful or as healthy. And so just simply evaluating what's the fruit of this idea, what's the fruit of this thought, it doesn't distinguish between God and not God, it distinguishes between godly and not godly. And I think that's a really, really helpful whole decision, uh, distinction. Because the truth is, I don't have a way to tell you this is how you clear cut decide what's a good thought of yours and a good thought of God's. Because oftentimes there's not a clear cut. Tell you what, a booming voice from heaven, done. That, nice and clear, that's really helpful. But a lot of this stuff, not so clear. You know, getting a dream, I don't know what that means. But getting a dream that says, I want you to end poverty, I, I would just roll with it. I'm pretty sure God will get behind it, you know? Um, hearing, you know, hey, I really feel that I should go over to that person on the, uh, on the other side of the street and just love them. Just tell them that they're valuable and they're, 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 they have an intrinsic value and God loves them. He delights in them and that he wants good for them. Again, even if that wasn't God's thought, that is God's original thought. You know what I mean? Um, and so I think you're not, I don't want to say you're not, and, and we learn as we go along we start to distinguish, oh, that probably wasn't God, and that maybe was God. So there's, there's moments where we go, oh, actually, that's the difference there. And so you're, you're going to, as you, as you develop and as you grow, you might, might learn some of the nuances of how God speaks to you. But the, the thing is, as you renew your mind, whose mind are you renewing it to? You, you know, look at uh, 2 Corinthians 10, it talks about um, taking captive every thought to the obedience of Christ. We're, we're, we're trying to make our thoughts like Christ's. Uh, it says that you've been given the mind of Christ. And so the problem is, when you've got the mind of Christ, it's really hard to distinguish between your mind and Christ's. Does that make sense? And so, but it's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. 
Like, it's a really good problem to go, I don't know if that was God's idea or mine because the fruit is so good. That means that your mind is really getting to a good place. Does that make sense? So if you're going, well, that's clearly my thought because I, uh, you know, I want to cut up and kill a whole bunch of kids. It's like, right, we've got some work on renewing the mind. Never mind if distinguishing between God and you, you know, like that, if that's your thought, then we have some bigger issues to fry, you know. Um, but if you're, you're, you're not sure whether it is you or God that wants to go and feed some orphans, that's a really good place to be because it means that you have become much more like God. That is God-like, that is Christ-like, that is the mind of Christ. Um, and so that's really, really good. And, and so I guess in one sense, I, I think I would speak for all of us when I, I say, when it comes to hearing God's voice, we want you to relax in it. We want you to chill. We want you to have fun. We want you to um, not make it this strenuous, straining, like terrifying thing. I've got to get it right. I can't get it wrong. The truth is you can hear God's and go completely the wrong way and God won't be phased at all. He's a big guy. You know, he, he's, he's okay to be able to go, oh, they screwed up, but I'll turn all things for good. I mean, that's God's motive. He turns all things for good. So you can make the worst decision ever made and he still goes, I'll turn it for good. That's really exciting. You know, like, if you think about it this way, the worst decision ever made in the history of mankind, okay, there's nothing ever worse than it, was killing God, okay? I mean, that was humanity's low point, okay? There's not really any worse we got than when we killed God, right? Jesus shows up and goes, hi, I'm God. And we go, kill him. And we killed God, okay? That's the worst moment of mankind. I can't think of anything we could do that's worse, okay? And what happens? It turns out to be the best thing God ever did. God turns our worst decision into his greatest move. And he uses it to save all of mankind. You know what I mean? It's like, you can't screw up big enough, okay? Your biggest screw up becomes God's greatest move. Um, and so don't get fixated on, I have to get it right, I have to hear him just right. If you think you're hearing him, it, my, my mentor, Steve Backlund, he used to say something. He said, uh, and, and, uh, I don't fully agree with his statement, but I agree with the sentiment in it, okay? He says, a good decision, uh, sorry, a bad decision made in faith is better than a good decision made in doubt, okay? Um, and I'm not sure I entirely agree with it, but the sentiment he's saying is like, look, if you fully believe God wants me to do this and you're completely wrong, that's still great. It's still great that you had the passion and desire and you took the risk and you stepped out going, God, I'm going to do this. And odds are, nine times out of ten, if God didn't hear it say that, he goes, ah, I'll join him. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll work with him. And, 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 I, and I love that um, element of God of, of turning things for good. So even when you make a bad decision in faith, you give God room to move. But making a good decision in doubt actually often isn't very good. It's, it's almost like being lucky, but you actually are in completely wrong place. You know, and we'll, we'll talk about faith and doubt in a, a completely um, separate time. Um, but I don't want you to be worried about making bad decisions. And, and I think we, we've already mentioned, you know, like, if anything, we want to see some bad decisions, okay? Now, I'm not talking about you going and getting 13 different women pregnant or anything. Um, I wouldn't be overly excited about that, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> we'll work through that if you do that. Um, what, what I mean is, you know, I want to see you go, I think God wants to heal that person. And you run up and go, God wants to heal you. Let me pray for you. And you pray for them and nothing happens. I want to see stuff like that. 
just whacked the microphone. Um, I, I really do. Like, I want to see a passion. I want to see an excitement. I want to see risk. Um, like, that's, that's what I want to see developed in you um, over this five months, is that you're the sort of person that if goes, if I feel God says this, I'm doing it. That's where I'm at. I'm going to do it. Um, and I think that's the sort of people that we need to be as Christians, are people that valiantly run after what we feel God's saying. When I feel God says this, I'm going to do it with all of my heart. And even if God's sitting there going, I did not say that, he's going to go, but I love his passion. Do you know what I mean? Like this, uh, You speak to any parent, they love the passion of their kids when they genuinely are trying to please their parents, you know? Even if they've done the worst thing ever, you know? Um, you know I think of a story, uh, I've got a friend who's got um, a few kids, and uh, one of them, I think they're three-year-old, um, bust into some uh, pens and they drew their mum this beautiful picture on the wall <laughs> and it was it was a three-year-old's picture okay I'm not gonna lie it wasn't particularly beautiful and um, but there was a lot of heart in like and it was like it was drawn to mum. it was a picture of mum and this this daughter and it was it was it was the heart was amazing and the mum kept it you know, she loved it so much she's like I'm not even gonna paint over it and who cares if my guests think I'm a crazy person with doodles all over my wall but she's like I love that heart now I'm gonna say hey please don't do it again because you can't draw on walls but I love that she just wanted to please me and draw me this lovely picture and I think you know this is God he's like oh that's just not what I would have done but I love your passion I love your heart you know you can't really go wrong if you go you know what I'm gonna go out on Saturday I'm gonna find a homeless shelter and I'm gonna spend the whole morning feeding homeless people God's not gonna go well, I really wanted you to go and talk to this person in the park, so I'm disappointed in you. Fire alarm test. <laughs> it's so long. There we go. Um, but you know, he, he's not going to get disappointed that you did something wonderful and Christ-like and godly. Um, and so, you know, hold that intention when you're trying to hear God's voice. Don't, don't get so fixated on, is it God or is it me? Just go, is it godly? Because odds are, God can get behind that. And, and obviously, we want to we start learning the distinction between me and God's, like, you know, our voices. But that's a journey, and you're not going to get it right overnight. So don't fixate on that. You know, it's just, it's just going to paralyze you. I think we get so paralyzed. I think that's what I was, when I went to that conference, I was paralyzed by, well, if I'm wrong, this is going to go terrible. And the truth is, I just made up stuff and it turned out it was good. Now, I don't know if God spoke to me or God went, oh man, he's made a total mess, but there is a guy that's about to crash. Oh, that'll be fine. I'll just make sure he's wearing a blue jacket this morning. Or, you know, I don't know what happens, but what I do know is it works. Um, and, and so don't, don't fixate on things. Don't be paralyzed by it. Um, do you know what I mean? Like if you see someone going by in a wheelchair and you really feel, man, it would be amazing if that guy got healed. Like you don't need to sit there and go, well, is that God? Is it me? Because if it's me, it might not happen. If it's God, it's... God wants to heal people. So you're okay. Go for it. Now, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. It doesn't matter. It was still a desire to go and love that person and to bless that person. And, and if, as long as they go away happy and, and, and loved, you've done a pretty great job anyway. Like, do you know what I mean? And so you don't need to sit there going, oh, was it God? Is it not? Oh, oh, he's already home and it's the next day by the time I realize maybe it was God. Right? Um, don't, don't get paralyzed by that stuff. Uh, 
I guess I want to I wanna throw in another um, voice into the mix. We'll probably talk about this when we're talking about prophetic next week. But there is one other voice. So you've got your voice, God's voice, um, demonic influence, you know, um, evil spiritual beings, whatever you want to label that, that voice. There's other people as well. And oftentimes God's speaking to you through other people. And so be sensitive again. Weigh it with the fruit of the Spirit. I mean, that's really a really helpful, healthy um, thing to do. Um, because if the Spirit is on it, it will produce that fruit. If it's not producing that fruit, it's probably not God. Um, when people come to you and they say, hey, I really feel I have a word for you, receive it. It doesn't mean you have to do it. It doesn't mean you have to like, you know, sell everything you own and move to Africa if they say, I feel you're called to Africa. You just go, thanks. And then you can think about it. You can weigh it up. You can um, measure it with other things. And this is the thing as well. Like, God doesn't just speak through one thing to you once a year, you know. He's speaking to you all the time in lots of different ways. And he will use multiple things to confirm if you, if you need. You know what I mean? If you hear someone come to you and say, God's calling you to Africa. And you think, I do not want to go to Africa. You're like, but thank you. I appreciate that word. And you can go home and you can go, God, not really sure about the whole Africa thing. But hey, I'm open. If that is really what you want me to do, I know it will be great. and It will be awesome. And that's what, that, that's what I'll love. Um, but can you confirm it? Can you give me a dream? Can you give me... Um, a verse, can you speak to me now? Can you, booming voice would be great. That would just be awesome, thanks God. Um, you know, but can you can you confirm it? Angel showing up saying your call to Africa would be really clear, I'm okay with that. Um, you know, Gabriel, Michael, one of the higher up tier guys, that'd be great. Um, <laughs> but do you, do you see what I mean about that? Like, it, you don't have to take on boards, and we'll talk about this more next week when we talk about prophetic stuff, but you don't have to take on board everything that other people give to you when they say, hey, I, I feel that this is from God. or um, and, and on that note, that I feel this is from God, here, here's something I'll, I'll say up front. Please, 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 please do not use the, the phrase, God told me, <laughs> okay? It kills me. It just kills me. I, honestly, every time I hear it, I want to vomit in my mouth a little bit, okay? Because the truth is, God might have told you, and that's fine, but just add one word, I feel, God told me, okay? Just that little difference, because what it means is it, it creates accountability. Because, it, you know, if I'm having a conversation with you and I'm like, hey, why did you choose to steal that car? And you go, well, God told me. What am I supposed to say to that? Right, I mean, I, I, I'm like, oh, well, okay, right? When you go, I feel God told me, I'm like, okay, well, talk me through what that looked like, because it doesn't sound like God to me, but talk me through it. Like, when you say you feel God told, what, what happened? What went on? And, and actually, this can be a real part of learning to hear God's voice as well, is using other people. Going to people and saying, hey, I had this dream and I really feel God saying I should do this, gives room for people to go, okay, talk to me about that. Is that something you really want to do? Is that healthy? Is it not healthy? Whereas when you go, I had a dream and God told me this, you've not, there's no room for accountability. There's no room for relationship. There's no room for feedback. Does that make sense? And, you know, honestly, I, I've had it again and again and again, and we've had it, I, I, t I tell this to students all the time when, when they come to the school, and still students tell me, uh, I didn't hand in my book report because God told me not to. And it's like, okay, maybe, but I'm like, I doubt it. Get your book report, <laughs> you know? It's like, and it's, what's funny to me is I don't care. Like, do you know what I mean? I don't actually care if your book report comes in or not. It's not for me, it's for you. Um, but like people would almost use it as an excuse because there's no argument to God told me. You know, I'm not gonna go, well, God's wrong, I'm right. <laughs> you know? God's right, I get it. 
Um, and so, but but have the have the humility and the um, and the understanding that you're not always going to be right on this. We're all learning. I'm learning. I'm not going to tell you God told me this. I'm going to say I feel God told me this, and you are welcome to say, I don't know, Phil. That sounds a bit weird, you know. Um, and so, and just, and also understand when someone else says God told me, no matter how much you respect them, no matter how prophetic they are, and they have an international ministry traveling around the world as a prophet. If they tell you God told me, what they mean is I feel God told me. Okay, so you have the the right when someone says God told me to go. Okay, they feel God told me that. God told them this, so I can lead, read into it. I can I can give it room for human error because there is human error in God told me. Like if you, we'll finish up here. But like, let me give you this example. Um, it's really interesting to me that the the room for miscommunication. So um, a, a funny example might be a uh, a husband and wife, um, and the husband goes, "Hey, you look nice today," and the wife goes. Well, don't I look nice every day? It's, it's amazing to me that one thing was communicated and one thing was heard. And it might be that the, the wife woke up that morning and is just like, I don't really feel good about myself. You know, like, I don't feel like I ever look good, blah, blah, blah. And I just that you look good today. Now I'm thinking, well, don't I look good yesterday? Didn't I look good last week? Do I not always look good? Right? And so we, we bring our own stuff into hearing God's voice. So, um, if you're hurt, if you've got wounds, if you don't trust God, you don't trust yourself, you don't trust others, you don't, you know, there's all sorts of different stuff that can go on. And we all have that stuff, you know what I mean? It, it's there somewhere. Um, and we're working through it as we go through life. Um, you're going to bring that to the table. And, and if we can do that with someone sitting in front of us, if I can say to someone sitting right in front of me, hey, this is going on, and they hear something totally different, how much more so when you're having a conversation with a voice in your head, right? I mean, how much more so can you misinterpret something? How much more so when you're trying to interpret a dream can you misinterpret it, right? Because it's not a clear, uh, I guess a booming voice from heaven, a lot less easy to misinterpret. But having a, a vision where you see a, a stick balanced on a plate and there's a ball on it and you go, what the heck does that mean, right? You've got a lot of room to misinterpret what God's saying there. And so have the humility as well to realize I might pick up God wrong on something sometimes. God might say something, and I even hear exactly what he said, but I still interpret it wrong, okay? And so there's room for that as well, just understanding what God says isn't always necessarily um, what you will hear. Um, and so you might hear something, you might act on it, and then later, I mean, you've, you've probably done this in your life, okay? I've done it too many times. Um, but God says something to me, I feel, feel strongly like, wow, that's what God's saying, okay, good. And I go off and do something, and then I do it, and then on the other side, I look back and I'm like, I don't think that's what God said. Now, what I heard God say was right, but how I interpreted it is wrong. So we, we gave an example yesterday of, um, you know, God's, uh, God's given me a heart for China. I'm going to leave my entire family and everyone I know and move to China. And it's like, whoa, you know, that's a big choice. And you get there, and 20 years later, your family's broken apart, you've no good connections or whatever, and, and you realize, oh, maybe he didn't ask me to leave my family. When he said, I've given you a heart for China, maybe he's meant so into China, you know, start buying Bibles to send to China. Or maybe he's meant bring your family to China. Or maybe he's meant go on a three-week mission trip once a year to China. You know, there's, there's a lot of ways I can interpret it. And sometimes you know, I don't want to be at the other end looking back going, ooh, I made some big mistakes. And so 
having the, the humility to say, I feel God told me, having the humility to come to other people around you and go, hey, I really feel God told me this. What do you think? Because again, other people can be the voice of God in your life. God will speak to you through other people. So allow that accountability in the process. Because if you're learning something, the more people you get involved, the quicker you're going to learn. You know, you, you look at um, kids, they learn like a new language so easily. So my good friend Timo, the person that started this school, he just moved to Germany with his kids and they, they spoke German fairly well. Like, you know, he, he brought them up, he would speak German to them. So they, they had a bit of German. Um, and they, they go over to Germany um, and within a few weeks, they're the top of their class in German. Can you imagine how bad that would be, right? You're the German kids that used to be top of the class. And some English kid comes over and it's top of the class in German. I'd be so mad, right? I mean, I'd just be so mad. Um, but the, the point is like, you, you pick up stuff when you're running around and playing with your friends and they're all talking German. I've got a real incentive to learn German, you know? And so if you're hanging around lots of people that have a desire to grow in godliness, a desire to produce the fruit of the spirit, a desire to hear God's voice, a desire to help one another and to grow together, being vulnerable, leaning into that community and saying, hey, I need help, I want you to give me feedback, I want you to, to speak into my life, it means you're gonna grow at a much accelerated pace, you know, a much, much faster pace, because people around you are gonna go, no, actually, I had a situation like that, and I don't think it will work out like that. Maybe you should look at, could it mean this, or could it mean that? And all of a sudden you go, oh, I've just learned a lot and not had to make the hard mistake, right? I'm really good at choosing the hard mistake. You know, I'm really good at doing really, really bad decisions and learning the hard way when actually five people tried to tell me, maybe you should do something else. Um, it's a really good idea to listen to those other people. Um, and so yeah, we'll, we'll stop there. Um. Thank you for listening to the Destiny Podcast. For further information, check out www.idestiny.org.uk